0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp. As always, I'm joined by Will. I'm a bit of an a-hole murder. And how's it going today, Will? Yeah, this isn't anything new that you're <laughs> uncovering here, mate. I just, it's, it's becoming slightly more obscene uh, and... Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more evident than perhaps... I feel like you kept it in the closet for a while. It's not it's good, just... is it? I feel like
1: I'm getting older, I'm becoming more of a dick. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you care less or what the deal is. Just more
0: comfortable with on your, in your own skin. I
1: right? think that's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe
0: you're like the Antonio Brown of this show.
1: Well, I hope not. <laughs> That dude is a straight clown, so I don't think I'm completely insane yet.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah, he is losing it. Uh, Okay, welcome to this week three preview show. We have got a lot to get through today. Uh, We've got a whole bunch of news to get to. We've got some game previews, championship draft. We've got a bit of a new segment here that we are going to workshop the name in, I think. We've kind of got it here as win some, lose some, and we're going to explore our pre-season predictions and to see after two weeks whether those have, in fact, come to fruition or whether they are completely off the mark, which is more than likely.
1: Yeah, it's just, I guess, whether we want to back down from any of our predictions. Now that we've got a couple of weeks of data, do we want to double down on some of the things that we've seen or are we a little bit more cautious, perhaps, on some of the things that uh, we might have thought were going to happen? I don't know.
0: Uh, Yeah, you... tend to double down and that is where you fall in a big black hole particularly on the punt and we will get to that as well after some bold predictions. So we have got a lot to get through but please let's start with some news. And where do you want to start with this maybe AC Gate?
1: Uh yeah, I mean I'm I'm happy to start there. So this is not really news because I it's think a It's a joke. It is a joke. I'm with you there, but I th- I thought it's a bit of a funny one to talk about. So during the week it's come out that uh, LSU have complained that there was no air conditioning in the Texas away rooms. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, or that it was—I mean—that it was there, but it was deliberately turned off.
1: Yes, and then it came out that Louisiana Tech who'd played there the week before had also reported this, so they'd said during the week, uh, "You got to watch out for this one." <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I mean, whatever. I know, right?
1: And and then, like, you and me were talking about this. Some of, like, our country footy and the away rooms that we play in, if you compare that to the Texas change rooms, home or away, like, I, I think we're operating on different levels here. I mean, we are, don't get me wrong, we don't have 100,000 people coming to our games, but what's probably one of the better away change room stories you've got? in your repertoire
0: i remember playing and i won't mention the team uh but there was a player actually playing in the a grade dressed in full Dryzerbone bone wellies you probably know who this individual is <laughs> sweeping out the away change rooms not from dust or mud or dirt but from uh, the couple of inches of water that were just sailing into the away change rooms there were no bags left on the ground that day under the bench uh, I don't
1: like this because I know you're taking a pot <sighs> shot at my club I am yeah. and we don't have elite facilities out at Iron Bank no <laughs> it's a
0: tin shed it is a tin shed but it's a nice spacious shed it is there's far smaller change rooms kicking around than that
1: and it's a nice intimidating area on a wet day because when the rain goes down you really get it hammering down it's quite loud and if you're there I imagine like we've got nice insulated rooms we don't hear it so much as a Visiting team, you'd be sitting in there going, "Fuck this! I do not want to play. Not interested." So that
0: was my reaction every time I saw Iron Bank on the schedule. Fuck this! I don't want to play. That's especially what we're when, after, especially when you get it in July or August. So
1: yeah, but I mean that still beats showering with the opponents when you've got oh, the yeah
0: showers. Yeah, so there's Bur Well, I, I don't want to throw too many clubs under the bus here, but there is one club, former Division One uh, school, uh, school, former Division One team here in. Uh, the Hills competition that you have shared showers.
1: Yeah, what do you thought? We have a couple down in, in the two now. Thoughts oh, do on you? it? Uh,
0: well, we, do, we do... There's a bit of that up in the Mid-North as okay. well. I, it's... I don't know, because country footy in the Hills turned into... Well, apparently, we're now a country... Uh, Adelaide Hills country football podcast, mm-hmm. but... Um, it's it's more common, I think, in the more rural areas. And, of course, everyone knows each other probably far better in those areas. So, so much happier like, to just like, swing your dick around. Oh, yeah. Well, mate, you'd be all right, surely. You're not a fan of it?
1: No, I'm, I've got no issues with it. A lot better now we're winning, too. You're always uh, happier to go in there with a big smile on your face. So, yeah. I don't know. I.
0: No AC, suck it up. Yeah, exactly. I think that is a non-issue. Uh, probably some actual news that has come out. Uh, Lynn Swan has been released or removed of duties. I haven't actually read too step much. of down. Stepped down. Yeah, but no one steps down. From... It's one
1: of is that Don Pike stepped down, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. So he was the athletic director, former Pittsburgh Steeler, and uh, very prolific NFL uh, hall of famer character. Yes, uh, took over the athletic. Um, director's job at USC now that is a relatively big job that they oversee the entirety of the sports programs within those schools for those Australian or international fans playing along so they're responsible for everything not just the football program but usually the football programs at these schools are the flagship programs Uh, But they do have an impact on all the other sports that they do play as well, whether it's lacrosse or soccer or basketball or water polo, whatever they're playing as well. But he has stepped aside. And, uh, you know, I know he was a big champion for Clay Helton. So that possibly is a stepping stone uh, in the direction of the football program.
1: Yeah, this is the first domino for your prediction to come true.
0: It is. and, And having seen it happen at other schools and being involved with a school that seems to go through coaches every kind of four or five years after their cycle happens um i have seen this happen a little bit and it doesn't make me feel any more confident in the future of clay helton no nah.
1: um other other news we have stanford's walk a little so he, he was injured week one he's the one of the preseason All-American tackles uh, out at Stanford. The the next big thing, just another one. Yeah, exactly right. But projected top ten pick. Is uh, he's going to be out for the rest of the year now? So that's him done at, Stan- done at Stanford, and that's another blow to them.
0: So what does that mean for him? Can he take? Well, he can take a red shirt. Could
1: take a medical. Red well, it doesn't shirt.
0: even need to be a medical. You can play for now and still get that red shirt. I don't if know he if hasn't already, a, if used he has, it. correct. If he hasn't already used it, I'm not entirely sure if he has, but. You would think that that would be him done anyway after an injury? I would say would so, yeah. If he's projected front.
1: top 10, then certainly. It, it just depends on the, the nature of the injury, I guess. And the other thing that you need to take into consideration with Stanford is a lot of those guys want to get a degree. Yeah. Because it does mean it a lot. Like, yeah. it, it, it's a hard thing to achieve. So people who are committing to Stanford are often more committed to seeing out their degrees. So that may factor into it.
0: And the other one on the injury front is Marcus Bailey. He is the linebacker, outside linebacker type for Purdue. Uh, and he was uh, he's a senior there this year and certainly gaining a whole bunch of accolades in the Big Ten. So that'll be a loss for a Boilermakers defense that is certainly not without its issues. So uh, they need to replace him and in a big way as well.
1: And the last one?
0: The last bit of news, which is a little bit sad, Incredibly sad, well, Incredibly yeah. sad. Um, having said that, he's had a good innings. T. Boone Pickens passes away. Now, he was the big, big donor at the... Well, someone very close or a team very close to your heart, Will, the Oklahoma State Cowboy. And he donated... $525 million over his lifetime, which is a ridiculous amount. But he was a big oil magnate and philanthropist down in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, and he, you know, built the stadium, built those new change rooms, built the indoor practice facility there, uh, had a massive influence on... The entire landscape of Stillwater, almost. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I mean, when you when you look at that, he is the ultimate booster. I don't think there's any single individual who's had such a impact from a financial standpoint for what they've given to a program. I know, you know, there's a lot of big money spenders out there, but five hundred and twenty-five million dollars, half a billion dollars, he has gifted the school to put towards athletics mainly. Uh, it's not just that; there are a number of you know academic. Areas that he's invested in across the university, but I mean, anytime you get a stadium named after you when you're still living, you you know you're kind of important to the place. So really sad to see him go. But as you said, ninety two good innings. Uh, as a, a an extended family now, he's got great grandkids and the like. So he will be uh, remembered there and will continue on. And it looks as if Oklahoma State's going to wear T Boone decals for the rest of the year.
0: And rightly so as well. I think he's one of the the good story is there's a really interesting few chapters on him in a book called The System, uh, which is if you're new to college football or want to get some deeper insight into the, or the, the darker, grittier side probably of college football, then that is a fantastic read and I would highly recommend it. But to me, the best story for him, and this is an opportunity lost by another big school, and I don't know if you've heard this, but he was a basketballer in the 1940s and he attended Texas A&M. And their scholarship cost him, to, or sorry, it didn't cost him. Cost the school twenty five dollars a month, and they decided after his freshman year that he wasn't worth it, too expensive, and they let him go. Ugh. He transferred to, of course, Oklahoma A and M, which was the precursor or the original name and then for became uh, Oklahoma State. Then yeah. Became Oklahoma State, and it goes down as one of the biggest mistakes in Aggie history, uh, because they let go a guy who clearly would have gone on and done his geology degree anyway at Texas A&M and gone on to make big money. And and can you imagine what Texas A&M would look like if they had an extra $525 million?
1: Yeah, who's the one responsible for that? half a billion dollar mistake. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh no. Not that you'd pick it at the time. But T. Po- uh, T. Boone Pickens passes away at 91. All right. Well, let's move our little heinies on a little bit. Uh... Let's get into this week's previews. Uh, now, I don't really know where to start because this week we have got a whole bunch of steaming warm garbage. I know. I wouldn't say that. Uh, it's very mediocre. There's very little top end competition. Uh, there's no uh, ranked matchups going into the week. So after what was a fantastic week last week in terms of competition, there will be some good games. There'll be some tight ones. There'll be some upsets, all that sort of stuff. It's going to be less predictable about where that comes from this week.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, but I think you don't have those heavy hitters. You don't have the headline uh, ranked teams going head-to-head. But there are a lot of intriguing matchups. So I- I'm really looking forward to it, uh, just purely because there's a-, a huge mix of things. And as you say, it maybe doesn't jump out straight away. But as the day progresses, there's certainly storylines that are going to unveil themselves and they're going to be worth jumping on and watching. So, you know, listeners out there, as we go through this, if you are interested, hit us up because we'll probably be able to get you a link of the game that you you want to watch, uh, that you're interested in. So if that is the case, we're always happy to share.
0: Okay, let's jump into Saturday by Saturday, I mean, Saturday, Australian time action, 7.30 a.m., North Carolina, Wake Forest, anything... I'm just going to cruise through these, so feel free to stop me when you want. You assume that North Carolina are going to continue on their winning ways.
1: Do you? What, because they beat Miami?
0: No, not at all. I just... I don't really rate Wake Forest. That's more of an indictment for them than the North Carolina team. I don't think North Carolina is that good. Yeah, um, I think
1: you're hoping they win, because if they lose this, then you really... Uh, that's just...
0: Anyway... Let's push on. Probably the the interesting matchup uh, on that Saturday would be number 20, Washington State, head to Houston, Texas to take on the Cougars. Uh, Anthony Gordon has slotted in extremely effectively into that uh, air raid offense under Mike Leach, and he just does what he does and just churns out quarterbacks that throw for truckloads of yards plug and play yeah it is isn't it so is there any chance that Houston maybe can can hang with Washington State
1: yeah so I mean Houston are a good team too so they got Derek King who probably hasn't been as prolific to start the season as some might have hoped he would be because he came in you know after a super productive season last year that ended with injury and thought, you know, he's, he's got a marquee matchup against Oklahoma. Maybe he can jump out and, and make a statement, but it hasn't quite happened. He, he's been on, you know, the, the losing end of that one and it's been a bit harder. He gets another opportunity here and and two playmakers in Gordon and King are really going to duel it out here. I think this has uh, potential to be a really interesting matchup.
0: I mean, it's, it's super shootout here. Both teams are giving up a lot of a fair a fair few yards I say I say a lot of yards the Washington State defense is actually pretty solid uh, but Houston has got a long way to go in defending that pass and that's not what you want to see when you're coming up against the air raid
1: it's the most big 12 matchup you'll see without a big 12 team
0: yeah that and that's a fair shout so uh, I mean you've got two very offensive-minded, very creative head coaches there. So as we move to Sunday's action, uh, just quickly, Georgia plays Arkansas State, so that is not worth mentioning. Indiana take on number six, Ohio State. Now, the only reason that this is maybe worth noting is that it is in Bloomington, and Indiana are tricky at times, and they did go close to Ohio State, particularly in the first half last year. In fact, I think they even led at halftime maybe, but... Uh, but I don't think there'll be too much trouble for Justin Fields and the Buckeyes. I think
1: if you look at the season stats to date between the two teams, they're almost identical. They're, they're exactly the same in, in most major categories. So going into that, you think, oh, maybe this will be a tight one. The the man that you mentioned, Justin Fields, I think is a huge difference in this one. Ohio stayed across the border a lot better and I expect them to go away with this one. This isn't going to be that... Purdue upset uh he is going to continue on his happy way and you know potentially put his case forward for the Heisman as well I feel like there's a lot of love for Tua and uh, Trevor Lawrence Lawrence and even Jalen Hurts has kind of been the one to throw his hat in the ring I think Fields is right there with them in this mix and he'll show that in this game today
0: Good to see that that's quarterbacks only. And the other name that got thrown into the mix earlier in the week was Joe Burrows as well. So another quarterback name to keep an eye on for the Heisman. It's just a quarterback trophy. Anyway, 1.30 a.m. Pitt at Penn State. This could have been an awkward matchup maybe if Penn State had to travel, but this one's at Beaver Stadium. I've been really impressed with the play of Sean Clifford taking over from Trace McSorley, who was, you know, the all- time leader in yards and touchdowns and stuff for Penn State but he's done a really really good job Uh, is there any chance that Pitt have a chance in this in-state rivalry? No,
1: I'm really liking Penn State at the minute, Uh, I think they've been super impressive and I expect that to continue this one, Uh, Pitt are going to be outmatched on the road Uh, Penn will roll
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. The only interesting, not interesting player, not the only interesting player, but certainly a really good player for Pitt is Maurice French with two Fs. Thank you very much. But he's an absolute weapon on the outside. Uh, Maryland trek uh, into Temple. They head into Philadelphia to play the Owls. After their massive, massive win over a ranked Syracuse, they jump into that ranked position. In fact they take Syracuse's spot at number twenty one. Is will they is there a chance that this is a bit of a letdown now after such a big emotional win? Uh, or, you know, will it just be business as usual for Maryland and, and that Mike Loxley offense will continue to do what it's been doing?
1: I mean, Maryland have a case for the most impressive team through two weeks of the college football season. They're averaging 71 points a game. I mean, yeah, it's been an inferior match week one, but they played Syracuse that they were an underdog in and just whacked them. They are. They are- looking really really impressive this year so i'm on board maryland
0: yeah i'm on board maryland i want some more gross unis they used to have a bit of a track record for some gross unis that baltimore flag that they wrapped yeah in there. yeah well yeah, that yeah. maryland flag's a bit weird so yeah
1: i feel like the two of us need to put an order in and get some more gear in
0: that is a fantastic shout i don't know that english jess will be thrilled about it but you know it's an option
1: I, I think it's something we need to do see I feel like
0: we've got to travel to earn it that's what I'm about I feel yeah, like you've got to earn your merch
1: true and I agree with you there and with the haul that we brought back last time needing an additional suitcase to bring it all back Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know we, we certainly did that last time but I don't know let's put something in Uh, Maryland uh, uh, are looking to be a good team And I hope they can continue
0: Absolutely And it's their running game That has really gone off With Anthony McFarlane and Jake Funk And you know A whole bunch of weapons there For Josh Jackson Who's just slotted in nicely Hasn't he um, The Virginia Tech transfer So uh, I've been really impressed By Mike Loxley And he appears to, to be putting himself If Maryland can continue in this vein He's going to put himself in a position For a big, big Power 5 job Moving forward Uh, Okay, continuing the one thirty time slot, Cincinnati visit Miami, Ohio. They'll bounce back and win that one. Tennessee could get a win. Say it isn't so. Who are they playing? Chattanooga.
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) they're 0-1 against FCS competition (laughs) so far this year.
0: Uh, Let's not
1: quite pencil it in just yet. Uh,
0: Chattanooga seems to be the whipping boys for... Uh, the SEC, though, don't they? Yeah, they, yeah don't they? they
1: really do the rounds there and just cop a beating, take their paycheck and...
0: And, yeah, then get out of town. The next uh, contest is one that perhaps has a little bit of value. Mississippi State, Kansas State, two teams that I haven't watched this year, to be honest, certainly not in any great depth. Uh, this one's in Starkville. So Mississippi State... Appear to have this one, I would say, in hand. But Kansas State, you know, play that kind of stingy defense. And Skylar Thompson's done a, a pretty good job at quarterback for K-State. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm picking Mississippi State here pretty comfortably. I'll take the Bulldogs. But, you know, I I don't know. Do, do K-State and that, you know, Big 12 team have a crack?
1: I think it's two underrated teams. Like, both of them are... Not getting any love, really. I mean, personally, I'm the same as you. I haven't seen anything that they've done this year. And I think this is a, a good matchup for both of them to really put their case forward to say, you know, we, we are a good middle-class team because both of them would be considered as, you know, middle-class in, in their conference. I think K-State, uh, new head coach, are uh, adjusting to that still. And Mississippi State, whilst losing a lot of talent, especially on that defensive line, still probably have a lot more depth and athletic ability than Kansas State do. And I expect that to kind of show out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, both of those teams, you know, you can look at, if you look at Kansas State stats, you know, they're... Conceding only seven points a game, they're putting up fifty points a game, but they haven't neither of these teams have played anyone yet. So this actually gives us a little bit of insight as to how maybe their two thousand and nineteen season's gonna go. Okay, continuing one hundred thirty, Virginia Tech will play Furman, so maybe they actually go to two and one, so well done them. They will. NC State head to Morgantown to play West Virginia. Now, I'm pretty down on West Virginia at the moment. That defense is not looking real sharp. Uh, Matthew McKay has stepped in really, really well for the Wolfpack, taking over from Ryan Stanley. So, uh, I've actually been impressed with NC State. I thought they would take a step backwards this year, but they look to be just cruising along just nicely.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They're an ACC team, so...
0: (sighs) All right. mm (laughs) <laughs> yep, good.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. There, there hasn't been a, a lot to harp on. So they that, that would really hope to get this game. If if they don't, that's a bad one because West Virginia are not good this year.
0: Yeah, really, really off the mark. Uh, Georgia Tech, and not that I want to talk about Georgia Tech versus the Citadel, but we thought that Georgia Tech were going to move to this more pass-heavy offense. A, well, their, their number one passer has attempted eight passes this year, which is... Not a lot.
1: Yeah, how the fuck did they get that away from us? Because they've had that high-profile uh, matchup against Clemson. Yeah, that you know I didn't really watch because you, you knew the outcome, but I would have thought that I would have picked up on the fact that they've only thrown the ball you know four or five times a game.
0: I mean, I watched a little bit. There's a lot. It's still under center. They're still running like fullbacks and and running backs. So like a lot of eye formation and, and so is this things transition. Like that. So, I, d- I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you enough about the direction that Georgia Tech are gonna uh, are gonna travel. It's not something in the past that I've looked at and thought, you know what? Let's look at the transition from that triple option into something different and something new, and it just hasn't happened that recently. Uh, you know, the, the, yet yeah, the academies are gonna do it so. I don't think so. I think that you've got to just go with what you go with and, and go from there. Yep. Colorado Air Force, the Buffs hopefully will back up their really good win. Their are 2-0 start. Uh, you would hope that Stevie Montez, that one's in Boulder, Colorado, but again, prepared for a letdown against Colorado. They didn't exactly dominate Colorado State the whole way. So, um, an offense that can't score in the first half. So yeah, but they
1: got a great kicker.
0: They do have a great kicker. James Stefano, friend of the show. Uh, other relevant games, there really aren't too many. Number seven, Notre Dame, uh, take on New Mexico. They will handle them. South Carolina get a visit from the number two team in the country in Alabama. And after their disappointing loss to N, uh, to North Carolina week one, yeah, they bounced back last week, but uh, they lost their quarterback and Ryan Alinsky has to step in. Uh, so Alabama will cover them up really, really comfortably.
1: Yeah, I mean Alabama opening their conference slate here. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: dismissing that really quickly, like yeah. it's like a oh, well, nothing there, I, mean, I
1: mean, they're 24 and a half point favorites, so that really is most other teams playing a group of five FCS comp. That that that's kind of the line that you get. They're more than three touchdown favorites in this one, so it just shows the dominance of Bama, and and they should. Get that? It'll it'll be good to see that, though. I mean, it's still worth watching because they have those elite playmakers. If you really like football, it's it's bloody good to watch.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, this one is probably worth a look, and that is a 5 o'clock game. UCF get a visit all the way from Stanford. Uh, You've got a, a very plucky team that again wants to be considered with the big boys in UCF. The Golden Knights are ranked number 17 in the country at the moment. Stanford are coming off a pretty bad loss, uh, not only in terms of their score against USC, but their loss of their you know superstar offensive tackle and KJ Costello at the quarterback position. Uh, he'll be back this week. Oh, that's right, he is, isn't he? That concussion stuff has disappeared. Uh, probably on the UCF side, Brandon Wimbush has been un- not unceremoniously dropped, but certainly is taking a back seat to Dylan Gabriel who is the true freshman quarterback. And UCF go in as hot favorites, over touchdown favorite.
1: And I like that one. And I know you probably do too, because you saw Brandon Wimbush's limitations. Yeah. And and the thought was that he will come into UCF because it's that tier below Notre Dame he'll win that starting job and he'll run with it just because he's you know that guy coming from a higher program down to the the lower level I like that they haven't done that I like that they've gone "Mm, actually we've got more we can open up more we can do more with this younger kid Let's go here. And I think that's a big part of the reason why UCF has been as successful as they have been. It's certainly not the talent that they have. They have some really good players, but it's not as if they're recruiting top 10 every year and you can kind of expect these sorts of things. They are making a lot of right calls in important areas and that's reflecting in their
0: wins. And and this is a game that, again, UCF just have to win. They just have to run the table against these Power 5 teams and especially a potentially good Power 5 team. They, You, you just got to go and, and win this game, and they are going to put up a lot of yards. I don't think Stanford are going to be able to hack it with them. The pace will be on. They'll run that no-huddle, you know, hurry-up offense, and... I think even something like 31 points would be enough to beat Stanford pretty comfortably. I think even something like 24 points would probably yeah, be enough I mean, to beat Stanford.
1: 31 points would be tough to put up against this team, but this is a great... I love this matchup for UCF because Stanford are down this year. Yeah, but they still carry a hell of a lot of
0: credibility. They do, but I'm not that high on their defense. I, I've got question marks around that defensive line for them. I, I just don't know if they're going to get the, the pressure... And, and if they're having to face off against 70, 80, 90 plays a game, they're going to be tonguing it.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and that's why it's great for UCF. You know, they get this win. This is a huge win for the program because they're saying, we'll play anyone. And, you know, UCF is a good Power 5 team. They knock this off. It's Even though they're down this year, when you look back, you're probably not going to think of that so much. You just think, man, that's that's an impressive effort.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Uh, staying in that 5 o'clock time slot, and this could be one to watch as well. Number 24, USC jump into the rankings, and they take on BYU, who have had a bit of an indifferent start to the year. Uh, they lose to Utah, and then Zach Wilson throws a touchdown with like no time remaining.
1: Nah, uh, is it Luke? Is it Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson, He, yeah. he launched at 60 yards. To enable them to kick a field goal to send it to overtime.
0: overtime, yeah, and then they, you know, beat Tennessee on the back of that, which is a bit of an unbelievable win, but maybe not as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but going to Provo is probably never that easy, and the BYU crowd will certainly be up for it. Which USC are we going to get? That is the question. You know, um, Keelan Slovis. Rolls in and, and he has a fantastic, possibly one of the best first games for any quarterback ever. Uh, goes and throws three touchdowns and and has a whole bunch of yards. So he's looking really really comfortable at that quarterback position. Can they get a little bit more out of the running game? Can they stop this BYU Cougars offense? Uh, and and will the US uh, see? team actually come out on top
1: yeah this would be a really really important matchup for USC's future this season if he can go into hostile environment and perform like he did last week have a really good outing and they go away with you know a two touchdown plus win then that will bring them forward for the rest of the Pac-12 slate to really have a good shake of things this year. Like, on the back of that, that would be full of confidence to think, fuck, we've got a a real player here. We know we've got talent across the board. We can make things happen. On the flip side, if he struggles, if he does what, you know, freshmen do in tough environments, things don't quite work out, it could all quickly implode for them. So this is a a huge, pivotal matchup for USA.
0: Yeah, and we probably... USC fans probably don't like the fact that we call this a pivotal matchup. They would, historically, and and just looking at it on paper, would think, BYU, that's a win. Uh, not the case at the moment. And, you know, there's a lot to... I think that'll be a close game. USC are getting four points. So, you know, I, I think that'll be certainly one of those ones that could surprise us as, as a close game going into the fourth quarter. Well, and,
1: and the fact that it's only four points shows that, you know, we're not alone in our thoughts. The, these odds makers do this for a living. They know it's going to be a tight one. Uh, It's going to be within one score, so it really can make or break USC this year.
0: Continuing at the 5 o'clock time, we'll skip over Navy and East Carolina. South Alabama get a visit for Memphis. Uh, Army will look to back up their good game against UTSA, the Roadrunners. Minnesota get a visit from Georgia Southern, and you would expect that the Golden Gophers would win that, although they've been a little bit patchy and streaky this year as well. They'll be fine. Northwestern get a visit from UNLV, who may be one of the worst uh, FBS schools. Can party, though. Can party. Uh, So Northwestern will be looking to get their first win for the season. Tulsa get a visit from in-state Oklahoma State. Uh, and probably on the uh, that'll probably be a pretty emotional game. I imagine for the Cowboys, they'll be looking to do the memory of T Boone Pickens' uh, really solid. Yeah, job. it's
1: at an hour up the I thirty five. Look at you, knowing roads and stuff. Uh, I know that there is an I thirty five. I don't know yeah. if it goes there. Yeah. I think you take that to <laughs> Oklahoma City, but whatever. No, yeah, that that's gonna be a good matchup. Tulsa are a, a decent uh, group of five side. They've been prolific uh, historically, so I look forward to seeing how they square off against
0: um, the Cowboys. I'm not buying it. I think Spencer Sanders, Tuba Hubbard, and Tylen Wallace—that kind of that trio—will put up a lot it's of points. It's an exciting so trio. Isn't look it? at you, just rock hard over there. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State are rolling this year, so we'll be keeping a close eye on them. Arizona State, this is one we will probably spend a little bit of time on. Arizona State head to East Lansing to play Michigan State. Now, those two teams squared off last uh, year down in Tempe and Arizona State, on a really hot, hot night, uh, managed to scrape through and get a win despite really you know, not being the better team on the night. Now, on top of that, uh, you've got a situation where that Michigan State team just imploded, particularly on offense, and that certainly... Haven't really shown much offensively this year again. They seem to be a little bit more settled. Obviously, they had a good game running the ball with Elijah Collins last week. And Arizona State have got that true freshman quarterback in Jaden Daniels. Michigan State, I think, throw a lot at him defensively and... If, if he can come out of there and score a couple of touchdowns, I think they'll be stoked. But to me, it's Michigan State going away at like 28-14, to 14, something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michigan State's defense for mine has really impressed me so far this year. Uh, when I when I watch them play, they have really a number of different options. And that's what Mike D'Antonio is known for, the, the head coach there, his defensive nous. And he has a really, really strong, experienced unit this year. I think they will flex their muscles against Arizona State. They're going to make it really hard for that freshman in a, in a tough environment to come play and they should win this one quite comfortably.
0: Yeah, and, and what do you want for a freshman quarterback in an away environment, hostile environment? You want to be able to run the ball and that's not something, unfortunately, that Eno Benjamin and that Arizona State offense have managed to do. Uh, and to the tune of the fact that Michigan State have... Relinquished minus three yards on the ground this year. Now, obviously, quarterbacks take a hit on that when they get sacked. That but goes they're, against they're the rushing one, yards. but
1: a week one they held them to negative sixty-five or something. Yeah, that which, helps,
0: which has a massive impact. But you know, they I just don't think they're going to be able to run the ball as you would hope you would in in a, in an away game. So, yeah, I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for the Spartans to do that one. Pretty comfortably, if yep, you ask sure. me. Uh, Iowa, the number 19, 18 team in the country, 19 team in the country, head to Ames to face off against the Cyclones. Now, this was a stodgy, stale, boring game last year. Iowa get up 13-3, uh, to three, but it's an important one uh, in terms of uh, no the state of Iowa and and bragging rights and all that sort of stuff. Nate Stanley has come on as one of the, you know, potentially better Big Ten quarterbacks, and he's really settled into his job, which is fantastic. The Iowa defense continues to be really hard to score on. And Brock Purdy has been a little bit down this year. We're expecting so much from him after his fantastic season last year. And, you know, yes, they've got Matt Campbell at at the coaching position, but the shine the glow seems to have come off Iowa State a little bit they're not that you know that golden team anymore it's like what have you done for me lately yeah, Cinderella baby yeah and this and this is an opportunity can they go and beat Iowa these are the ones that count these in-state rivalries
1: oh and this is a huge rivalry matchup I and mean, these two teams really hate each other and, and people in the state of Iowa I mean in Australia, you know, we we kind of struggle sometimes to, to match how things are over there. It's a it's a populated well, the, state. It, it's kind of like Crow's Power deal but here. But even bigger,
0: like the build-up starts... Exactly like, right. As it's soon that, as lunch, but on steroids. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's almost like State of Origin, probably, rugby-wise. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. New South Wales, Queensland gets a, a- massive following.
1: Absolutely, and, and this is very much like that where... You know, you you pick a team. This one's even tighter though because it is in-state, so you're you know all families all go to the one university. You grow up there. You don't talk to people who attend the other university. It's it's that much hate because it's kind of neighbors who really fucking hate each other. And yeah. I, I love that shit. So this one I'm really looking forward to. First time game day's ever been in Ames for Iowa State. So it shows that the program's kind of relevant for the first time in. Ever? Yeah. Which is awesome for them. Good for the Big 12. But as you kind of mentioned, Iowa State haven't looked great to start the year. And they lost a couple of really important players in David Montgomery and and Kelvin Harmon. And I think it might be catching up to them. That lack of talent that they have, which has always been a bit of an issue for them, is really holding them back somewhat. Uh, And I I have a, a few concerns for them that they might get shown out here. But that said... It's it's a rivalry game, and for these ones, you kind of throw it up and say all bets are off. What, who knows what's going to happen?
0: And I feel like again, that's how the uh, people in the Nevada desert have kind of said it. It's you know two and a half points is all I. Think Iowa's into going. one. Is it into one into now? Into a point. Wow. Okay. So clearly, there's not a lot of confidence in uh, a Hawkeyes team that just went and absolutely smoked Rutgers last week. But, gee, okay, let's pick it. Let's give me a score. Who's winning and what's the score?
1: Uh, I am on Iowa on this one, uh, and I'll give you a few reasons
0: later on in the pod. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to take Iowa State, and I don't really have a great reason for this. I think Brock Purdy gets good. Matt Campbell does what he does offensively, and, and he's good for one of these kind of upset victories every year. Uh and I'm often I often go the safe pick I often go I would pick the Iowa Hawkeyes here and is that the safe pick the road team probably I mean you got the number 19 team in the country and they're the favourite so yeah they probably oh, are the safer pick yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know and and they've got a history of winning as well which is which is really important and, and Iowa State don't and, and that you know getting over that hurdle can be really really tough so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the clones though I think that you know, they're going to have to put up some points offensively against a defense that is doing a really, really good job so far. And obviously, you've got one of the best pass rushers in the country, whose name I still can't pronounce quite correctly, so I'm not going to bother trying.
1: So, you're not, are you talking Iowa? Yeah. AJ Epinesa?
0: That's the one. Yeah, okay. I, st- I still can't get that quite right. So, um,
1: right, I'll, I'll see if I can convince you later in the show to... okay. My, I'm so, I can, point of view I can this.
0: certainly be up for convincing and I am I feel like I'm a constant Iowa hater here like I'm never banging the drum for Kirk Ferentz and, and the Hawkeyes and I, and I really should be because they're consistently a good program and they're a good party school I hear as well um, Ole Miss get an FCS school and they'll dominate that one Arkansas get a visit from Colorado State uh, they'll probably want to bounce back after their you know loss against Ole Miss uh, Colorado State are not tracking real well although they're doing things pretty well through the air at the moment so uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see if Colorado State can keep that one close and how far off the pace perhaps Arkansas is in the SEC yeah
1: that'd that'd be a good one the SEC will really be hoping that Arkansas can win that one comfortably if not it really takes a shine off of the middle lower that we saw earlier in the year
0: for sure Uh, now Louisville head to Western Kentucky Mm, won't waste our time on that one although Louisville have been Probably a little bit of a surprise packet. They're going better than I thought they would be. there. They, yeah. they were a hot mess last year. I thought
1: year. they were going to get absolutely spanked off the field when they played Notre they Dame, look, yeah. and they look decent. Yeah, yeah. But, so
0: yeah, that ACC conference is just like well, just full of teams that are decent, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, kind uh, of decent. Hopefully, things are turning around for Louisville because they're a, a, a you know a program with a lot of tradition. Yeah. And you want to see them get back and competing at a high level.
0: Of course. Uh, Miami get a visit from Bethune-Cookman. Utah get a visit from Idaho State. Those two games won't be contests. Although there is a big weather uh, issue developing down off the coast. It's that time of year in the States and... Of course those weather patterns do come along California get a visit from North Texas which if North Texas jump out of the blocks and with Mason Fine who's a fantastic quarterback and perhaps get a, a bit of a lead they could cause some issues for Cal you know that offense is still not great
1: yeah not happening
0: not happening okay let's push past that then Oregon State Cal Poly will push past that as well uh, there's a whole bunch of junk in that 630 to 730 time slot so do not stress yourself too much with anything there at 8.30, the number eight team in the country, Auburn, get a visit from Kent State. Uh, also at 8.30 is an SEC matchup, which had a record broken last year in Florida versus Kentucky. Now, this that one last year was played in Gainesville, and Kentucky went in there with Benny Snell um, and, and beat the Gators for the first time in something like 36 years or something along those lines. Is there any chance with it? a lot of turnover defensively? Obviously, Josh Allen's gone from the Wildcats, but it is a home game for Kentucky. Can they hold off Felipe Franks and possibly scratch a win out?
1: That one really dented the pride at Florida, I feel. It, it was well publicized. I mean, everyone heard about the 36-year streak and and how it would never happened. And then internally in the program, there was a lot of noise. It... Those sorts of ones really kind of take root inside that playing group that are back around, and, and they would be they would have had this one circled in the preseason. I know you're always looking one week ahead, but this would be one that they'd be prepping themselves for after last year's result. I expect them to come out and just ball out, really go hard. They're the better football team at the moment, and this this ain't a trap game. This ain't nothing for them. They are going to really get after this one. I expect the Gators to do it
0: Okay, quite
1: with. A lot of aggression.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, so they're only getting eight points. you think that's a little bit shy of what they should be getting?
1: I do. I do. I think for them, you know, even though it is a road game and Kentucky are 2-0, and I'm, I'm not sold on that. They've had a couple of easier games. They haven't been all that convincing in them either. They've just lost their starting quarterback. They've got the best punter in all of college football, but, you know, that can only do so much for you. He can't score points unless they run a fake punt, which would be brilliant. Give that a crack. <laughs> we
0: need that. Brad Wing scored on a fake punt. We need some Aussies getting in a fake punt. I think that the Florida thought they'd be able to run the ball better this year. Michael Piran hasn't been able to get really too much going on the ground for the Gators. And, and they do, you know, kind of rely on Felipe Franks to generate a fair bit of that. But... Uh, but yeah, it'll be an interesting... I think this could be a little bit more interesting than what we think. was. I know we said that lightning doesn't strike twice or I said that lightning doesn't strike twice and I don't necessarily believe that it will but I think this game could be a little bit closer than what people are giving it credit for. I, I don't think that uh, that Florida is that good. So it would be interesting to see if... Kentucky can keep it remotely close just don't
1: play downplay motivation for 18 to 21 year old males when they are motivated to achieve something which they very much will be this week uh, you can you can see some fantastic results so that's what I'm expecting so
0: you're taking Florida going away yes probably makes sense number 16 in the country Texas A&M get Lamar Uh, probably not worth talking about too much there uh in terms of other games, Middles Tennessee get a visit from Duke. Syracuse up at the Carrier Dome get the number one team in the country. They'll be looking to bounce back after their really disappointing showing against Maryland. Is there any chance that things can get funky up there and, and Tommy DeVito can lead the Orange to any kind of comp- competitive event to the point where Clemson... You know, maybe you've got this one, you know, it's a little bit awkward. Maybe twenty-one seventeen going into the fourth, something like that.
1: I mean, it's the carrier dome. Strange things happen there. Weird things do happen. They beat them there two years ago.
0: They did, correct, yeah. And
1: this is back when Clemson were as good as they are now, perhaps. Uh, Same mark. They, they, were, they were an elite
0: team. Well, they went and won the national championship that year, so.
1: So, you'd have to say that. Uh, this time, I don't think they're gonna get that element of surprise because that will be jammed into the Clemson players quite clearly. This happened two years ago; it ain't fucking happening again. Yeah, this team just lost sixty-three to twenty. Yeah, to a I don't know. Well, yeah, we, I mean, we we don't know, do we? An average Big Ten team. I mean, that's what they'd be selling it as. And an, yeah, an yeah. average Big Ten team. Yeah, y- you ain't gonna go in here and and let these guys get near you. So, yeah, I think it it offers. Enough that I'll have it on the ticker. I'll be be keeping an eye on it. I'm certainly not booking in to watch this one. But if things are tight, if Syracuse can score early, then certainly, you know, one one to keep an eye on. But I'm not expecting anything here.
0: No, neither am I. I think Clemson do an absolute number on Syracuse here. And Travis Etienne actually gets off the chain. I think that he hasn't... Been able to do that thus far. Well, I say that week one, he did. Hmm. But I think week two, he got shut down, I think against Syracuse and a questionable front seven. What, he
1: averaged 17 yards a carry in week one? (laughs) Yeah, that
0: was a great (laughs) call. Uh, LSU get a visit from an FCS school. Number 23, Washington host Hawaii in their first away game or the first away game for the Rainbow Warriors. Uh, Cole McDonald will go in there and they'll sling the ball around. They'll throw for a lot of yards. They'll probably throw... He'll probably throw four interceptions, but he's... Uh, sorry, four touchdowns, but he's probably going to throw at least that many interceptions yeah, as well. it's so. tough
1: out. Not a great matchup for the Rainbow Warriors. Nah. I mean, Washington have... Always had a really good defensive backfield. Chris Peterson's a great coach of that element of the game. So tough out for them, especially on the road. I really hope they can do it. It would be an absolutely, you know, monumental win for the program. But they've they're really pushing shit uphill in this one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In Washington, coming off the back of an awkward loss to Cow last week, and they won't be, or well, they want to make amends for that as well. At 9 o'clock, we've got an ACC tussle. Florida State visit Charlottesville and take on probably the favorite now for the ACC Coastal in number 25, Virginia. Now, Florida State have made an absolute meal of their first two games. Is there any chance that they can get over the line here? Now, Florida State just signed Jim Lever as a uh, defensive analyst who is a, a very highly regarded defensive coordinator. Um, but I think, you know, I don't rate Florida State at the moment from a coaching perspective. I don't think Virginia is as good as advertised. I think their offense will struggle at times. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the Knowles and the Cavs? Yeah,
1: I think everything shows you that Virginia are the better team this year. I I've Florida State have had a couple of home games. They lost one to Boise State, and they went to overtime with a group of five team. They they are not good. They were not good last year. They're not good this year. Virginia are showing that they are a decent team. I mean, the two of us were kind of, meh. There was a bit of hype around them. We weren't buying into it. Maybe when we touch on this a little bit later in our new segment, we can kind of talk about that a bit more, but... I like Virginia and where they're at a lot more than I do Florida State at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think this one will potentially be a little bit closer from a scoring perspective. Uh, You know, uh, Virginia are over touchdown favorites, but I still think they're probably not getting on uh, on the ground that consistent you know, quality that we would expect uh, from a running back. I know they're still averaging, you know, 170 yards, which is which is a good clip on the ground, don't get me wrong. But you're going to have to score some points against this Florida State team as well. Uh, and this is probably their first big challenge for Virginia. They probably, you know, Pitt got jumped them out of the blocks in week one. I don't know that they want to get jumped by Florida State because Florida State do have the ability to score points. It just depends on whether they can score them in the second half as well. So that takes us through probably the big ACC matchup of the weekend. Not too many games to get through now. that We've got too much more interesting on the schedule. Uh, Oklahoma's uh, as we as we skip through a few more, Oklahoma get a uh, visit. UCLA Chip Kelly's job will be on the line there. I
1: uh, uh, hope not though, because they're going to get whacked again. I mean, this is not a good spot for him to be in. Uh, they're
0: going zero three.
1: Yeah, and and losses to Cincinnati, who's you know a decent team, San Diego State, another decent team, but they're both group of five teams, and then coming up against a powerhouse, they're going zero three. Yeah, that uh, ain't
0: good. No. Purdue get a visit from TCU. So, Big 10 versus Big 12 matchup there. TCU will be looking to continue to improve off a down year last year. And, and if
1: anything, there's two of the best playmakers in college football on the field going head-to-head.
0: Yeah, yeah, for in, sure. In
1: Rondale Moore and Jalen Rager. Yeah. I mean, I know Rondale Moore is probably more your boy. Rager yeah, is more yeah. mine. So, we're going head-to-head.
0: I feel like we should... We should get it yeah, we should get on this. I'm 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 on board that I have
1: something around that because
0: I mean who are you picking? You think TCU is yeah. gonna get over the line then? Yeah, absolutely. Big twelve pride, baby. Okay, well I'm gonna take the Boilermakers Uh, Although, and I think this gets big on us. I'm thinking shootouty. i I'm talking like 35-42. I think the loser has to shave the beard off. Okay, let's do that. Oh, gross. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. I mean, that TCU defense does concern me a little bit. But I think Rondale Moore, Jeff Brom settled in after their loss against Nevada. So I'm going to feel pretty confident with the Boilermakers. Uh, The only uh, other game potentially worth mentioning would be Arizona-Texas Tech. Uh, you know that Texas Tech air raid is going to do a lot of work, and Alan Bowman has started off as one of the hottest quarterbacks in college football, and he will continue to be not talked about that much because he comes from a highly prolific uh, passing offense, and that's what happens. But Texas Tech are traveling really, really well at the moment. All right, that's a lot of games we've it got is. through, man. We have, and
1: you said it. There's, there's nothing good there, but there, as, as I kind of mentioned, there's enough to make things interesting and there's going to be some quality to come out of that. It's just, we don't know which ones to direct you to at the moment. They're going to emerge as the day gets on.
0: Okay. Let's jump now into win some, lose some, or good call, shit call, or I don't have a name for it. So we need to workshop this a little bit. I still think something along the line of Antonio Brown's Oakland Raiders or new England Patriots. Like, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? Uh, probably not. Cried. What did he do? Cryo freeze his feet. Or it's all something. part of the plan. Yeah, all part of the plan. Okay, so we want to have a little bit of a look at, at teams that have perhaps not lived up to the preseason hype that we thought they might. But also, what are the calls that we made early in the season that we thought were going to happen, but you know certainly haven't eventuated that way this early. So why don't you get us off? Uh, and running here, what's a good call that you have made okay, leading I, into the season?
1: Well, I, I think if I look at a, a conference, I think the Big Twelve as a whole, I I've predicted fairly well what's played out and how I th- expect things to go. So Oklahoma are the best team, Texas are a good team, and and close behind them, uh, Oklahoma State are going to be good this year. West Virginia are super disappointing. You know, all of those things. There's no huge surprises there, so I'm not giving myself huge rap on the back for saying you know the favorite is you still know, the favorite. It's still the favorite, but yeah. it is kind of the the conference I pay more attention to, and it's played out as I expect.
0: Okay, yeah, I feel like heading in this direction. I was going to say the same thing. I was like, oh yeah, Pitt's not that great. Virginia Tech have been disappointing, uh, but I will take the win for Virginia Tech. I think a lot of people thought that they would bounce back particularly defensively under Bud Foster, you were still getting... Yeah,
1: and and I'm not willing to jump off yet. Getting Uh, jolly on Virginia Tech. I I also said Boston are a decent team and and that's who they lost to. So I think Virginia Tech uh, are still a chance and I'm still backing them in to win the Coastal. I'm not willing to step down from that
0: one. Winning the Coastal? Yes. Gross. That is not happening. I haven't had a look at the Virginia Tech schedule, Uh, but they have to head to Miami for sure. That's not... North Carolina beat them. Uh, not at home, dude, all right? So, uh, a tough... Like
1: 20,000 people okay. rock up to their let's,
0: games. let's Let's push on, shall uh, we? Now, if there's something that this confirmed to me, it's that I know absolutely jack-all about college football, really. I was looking back through and I was like, you know what? I got a lot more wrong than I got right, which okay. is always the way in the off-season, I think. But a big one for me is probably Tennessee. I mean, yep. I mean, I thought Tennessee were going to come out flying out of the blocks. No one really predicted them to lose their opening two games. No, I, don't, I don't think certainly not. And and to see Jared uh, Jared Guarantano struggling as much as he has, I don't think that was predicted either. So that is one that I will take an L on at this stage. And it almost doesn't matter what they do with their season from this point on.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. They're, they're done for the year. And even if they can kind of start to turn things around, it it this year is a disappointment.
0: And they are the Titanic, apparently, apparently according yeah. to Jeremy Pruitt, the head coach there.
1: Uh, on mine, uh, in the Big Ten, I had kind of been disregarding Wisconsin. In yeah. In the West, I, I, yeah. I talk about Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and that's it for the Big Ten. I say the West is garbage. Wisconsin have been really impressive. And I think that they can match it with those guys. I think they're the best team in the West and I think they can match it. And if they do, then they have a really legitimate shot to make it into the playoff.
0: Well, and I think it comes back to, again, that like, what have you what have you done that's exciting lately? And we talked about it with Iowa State recently earlier in the in the show but it's the same thing with Purdue Purdue got had a bit of excitement building around them. Nebraska were turning things around and all of a sudden those guys were going to push up and guess who's there the same team that's always been there the team with the best offensive line coal shoveling giant offensive lineman that can just move dudes and And Jonathan Taylor the best running back in football I
1: don't know why we're surprised yeah I I don't know what it is in my head that I think you know he's going to be you know burnt out the dude's what 20 years old <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah. he ain't fucking burnt out he's the best running back for a reason yeah yeah he's legit
0: so wisconsin are going really really well probably on that uh big 10 west is that i said nebraska would be okay and they've shown that they are a little bit wobbly at this stage i mean obviously adrian martinez has has taken the step that we thought he would and he's going on to become an elite quarterback Uh, But that defense still is not where it needs to be, and Scott Frost has shown that he just can't get them across the line in year two just yet after after two games. So whilst I'm not jumping off the ship like I am with Tennessee, I don't think that Nebraska's going to get to the lofty heights that I thought they were capable of in season 2019.
1: The last one in the Big Ten. Uh, my prediction was that Michigan would win the Big Ten. If I could make that call again, I would flip over to Michigan, uh, to a state now. So you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and that's fine. But I guess yeah. that's what I'm jumping super already? Okay. Yeah, 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 and and the reason that I am is Justin Fields. Yeah, okay. he's been super impressive to me I had questions around Ryan Day standing in and what we were going to see whether there would be much change Ohio State for mine have been super impressive mainly from what we've seen from Justin Fields he seems made for that offense I, I expect really big things from him I know they're traveling now but if I were to take a team led by Justin Fields at the moment or one from Shea Patterson I know who I'm taking like Josh Gattis' offense,
0: mate. They're going really well there at Michigan. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I, well, mean, uh, I mean, that's less to do with Michigan's disappointing result against Army.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: that wasn't great, don't get me wrong, but that's kind of not even considering that. It's just more based off of what I've seen from my start. state.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, and this probably leads into my last one a little bit, is the impact that coaching can have. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks here in a second, but I think Shea Patterson's a classic. If you had Shea Patterson working with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, we're talking Heisman for him right now. And I cannot undersell. I and I know you're a big believer in rankings and recruit rankings and making sure you've got that, you know, X amount that threshold for blue, um, blue chip prospects and yep. all that kind of stuff to to to, to get through. But G coaching makes a massive difference. And you look at someone like Maryland, and all of a sudden they're going out and blowing out a ranked team. And so Mike Loxley's done a fantastic job. Jalen Hurts, who people had a lot of question marks around. You had a lot of question Uh, marks. Not just me. There was a lot of people in the media that had a lot of questions around him as the Alabama quarterback. He goes over to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, who is arguably the most brilliant offensive mind in the game, both in the pros and college game at the moment.
1: Sean McVay's probably got a case.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And he's not the only one as well. Even old walrus Andy Reid has still got a case yes, off- uh, offensively. But, you know, that he can turn Jalen Hurts, who this guy had a lot of questions about, can he throw the deep ball? Can he throw the intermediate ball? And all of a sudden, he is. And we can see just the difference that coaching is making. And, and then I, I continue on this quarterback trend and the fact that, I'm surprised by the performance of the quarterbacks. I thought Kelly Bryant was going to fizzle out at Missouri and become just a, a has-been, another run, because I don't think he was that great a quarterback. He was serviceable, don't get me wrong, at Clemson, but he was a runner more than a passer, and he was on the back of a fantastic defense. But he just didn't seem the guy that could get him over the top. He's doing amazing things at uh, Missouri at the moment. Josh Jackson, didn't really rate him that highly at Virginia Tech. He was a big, big body uh and really, really good, but he's all of a sudden showing out there at at Maryland and and all the credit to him and all the credit to Mike Loxley.
1: I'm a little concerned you've got an issue with scrambling quarterbacks here.
0: What what, what do you you mean? Josh Jackson's a scrambling quarterback. He's a big pocket passer that can run. Okay. What what are you saying here? What are you getting on? No, no, no.
1: Let's let's
0: continue on. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, okay, anything else that you want to touch on there for any crap calls that you have made nah, this year? Nah, happy You've, with that, mate. So many crap calls, and you're about to get some more on the punt just shortly. But before we do that, let's jump into the championship draft. Now, currently in my little stable, I have got Michigan, ugh, Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. Miami, Oh, what a dumpster fire. And Oregon, you have got...
1: Georgia, who are looking good. Uh, Washington, who dropped and are not. USC, who are resurgent,
0: potentially, <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, a really good Ohio State team as
0: well. I reckon ranked USC is going to fire their coach. That'll be they'll be ranked some stage during the year and fire their coach in the same year. Anyway, uh, okay. So now Hawaii scored more than. They scored thirty-one. They won thirty-one to twenty-eight. Which is more than twenty-five. Twenty-one. More, more than, than twenty-one, 21 less but, than but less than, 40. than the forty. So we
1: we are picking between 10 and 25. Now, I put
0: zero time into this, so hit me.
1: Uh, I've got two options that I'm interested in. I'm picking first this week. I can obviously only select one of them. So I'm going to go with Utah. Uh, Washington have let me down in the Pac-12, so I'm going to take the actual best team in the Pac-12 at the minute, and that is Utah.
0: Okay. Uh, Now, do you have whiskey? Uh, No, no one does. Okay, so I am going to take the number 14 team in the country and the team that looks to kind of be making a mark in the West, although it's still a long way to go, obviously, and I'm going to take Wisconsin.
1: Yep, that was the other team that I was tossing up between. They've looked really impressive, so cannot fault you for that.
0: Okay, so we just add to our our little stable here, so I will try not to forget that I now own... (laughs) You'll in Wisconsin, I'll oh, tell you Wisconsin the 100% yeah okay bold predictions bold prediction time you are trying to hustle us through here mate we are we've ticked running, over an hour we're running behind the clock here okay uh bold predictions where do you want to start i'm happy to go first you go first I feel i'm like going like to say been... tennessee will win their first game who are they playing Chattanooga. we've nah, been through this i i not be with that. okay <laughs> all right i'm going to say arizona state visiting east lansing yep and Iowa State are heading to Ames. I'm going to take the home team by over two touchdowns in both cases. In both. In both. Fuck,
1: that won't happen in either.
0: Oh, Michigan well, State? Are the Michigan's, home team? Michigan State are actually 14 and a half point okay. favorites. Yeah, I mean, that's going on. to happen. Yeah.
1: So then you're saying, so your prediction here is that Iowa State are going to win by two touchdowns plus.
0: Over Iowa. And hang on. I mean, Arizona State could play this closer. It's not like Michigan State is a particularly prolific offense. So, I'm going to say they're the two biggest games of the weekend, I think, from a viewing perspective. So, I'm going to take the home team in both those cases by over two touchdowns. Don't bet on that, but...
1: Yeah, no, I, I... I agree with you on the Michigan State one. I I never like betting on them to cover because their defense is so good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That as soon as they get more than a score up, they just tighten right (laughs) up and that's game. Yeah, yeah. They just play it out. Yeah. But it could certainly happen. The Iowa State one, it's unlikely because it's a rivalry. I expect it to be tight, but I really like Iowa in that one.
0: Yep. No worries.
1: Okay. Uh, For me... Uh, I'm, I'm going to continue on uh, a, a theme that has been present throughout the year so far. The ACC sucks.
0: Oh, dude, and, we've, we've been over this. And it's you are flogging continue. this shit out of this dead yes. horse.
1: Yes, I am. So for me, uh, it's going to keep happening. So Penn State are playing uh, Pitt. They'll beat them by more than two touchdowns. No one really expects that. That's kind of about the line. But, yep, that's going to happen. No one really expects that. I mean, sorry, everyone expects that. No one expects anything else. Yeah, okay, good. The opposite to what I said, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Then we have uh, Duke coming up against Middle Tennessee and NC State playing against West Virginia. So both of those are touchdown favorites. I'm Mm -hmm. saying one of them is going to lose. That's a touchdown favorite, okay, that's not good. Uh, and then we also have Boston College, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Louisiana, all heavy, heavy favorites in their matchups.
0: Louisiana,
1: uh, Louisiana, uh, Louisville, sorry, Louisville, okay, Louisville. Uh, one of them's going to lose as like big favorites in theirs.
0: So Georgia Tech's got Citadel, Louisville's got Western Kentucky. Uh, who were the other ones that you said?
1: Boston College and Georgia
0: Tech. You said Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech have got Virginia the Citadel. Tech. Virginia Tech have got Furman. One of them's going to lose. Yes. And who was the other one? You said BC. BC. They yeah, they've got a FCS team, I think, as well. Uh, oh, so yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I guess I'll allow that. That's that's pretty gross matchup. So. So I'm looking. Oh, at actually, what- they got Kansas. Ooh, I got Kansas. <laughs> yeah, correct.
1: So they, they they shouldn't be dropping that. Boston College are a lot better
0: than Kansas. Yeah, oh, that's fair enough.
1: So I'm saying they, you know, heavy favourites in all of those. One of them are going to drop it. One of your touchdown favourites going to lose. And Oops. Pitt, who are the former division, champ. well, they're going to get whooped on. So. I mean, it's it's two-touchdown line, and that's going to be exceeded comfortably. Okay, that's probably fair enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's bold enough, though, as well. Mainly, you you came home strongly there because you weren't great early on. Your bold prediction was that Penn State was going to be (laughs) well done. All right. Speaking of some bold predictions, here we go. Let's enjoy this dumpster fire while it continues. Take us through on the punt, William.
1: Here comes the money. Here we go, Money Talks. Talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Now, I don't know if I'm able to play that this week <laughs> no. after last week's antics. You've like, taken
0: out a loan? and Yeah, just saying, I like,
1: think I need to get something new to slide in there around not winning money. But hey, this time we're back. We have been to the bank. We've got some more cash. We're, we're, <laughs> we're back in and amongst it. And I am just fine-tuning a few things. So... Oh. God. For those of you playing at home, week one was pu- or week zero was a push, bit of a warm up, not much happened. Week one, great result. Made some money, really happy. Week too two,
0: happy, just confidence.
1: Correct. Then I was Icarus, you know? <laughs> Flew too close to the sun. Had to, had to go through that to crash back to Earth. Learned my lessons, and now I think I'm on to a winning strategy. I just. Need uh, a little bit more refinement, not such a blanket approach. I've got three red-hot winners for you here today. So for these three picks, uh, we're going to go with three units on each, and then we're going to multi all three of them together when they all get in and make some real
0: money. Uh, for some real money? I'm like that fake money you've got going at the moment. Yeah, or the
1: non-existent money that <laughs> I, invisible I money. have in the account before <laughs> I take out alone so to lead things off normally i'm not big on this i'm I'm not a huge uh proponent of punting on rivalry games but this one i really like the look of iowa so game day going uh to iowa state they'll be pumped up really like iowa in this one they are five and one against the spread in the last six non-conference games so they play well out of conference uh they're five and two against the spread in their last seven road games so they travel all right and they are seven and three against the spread in their last ten following a win. That's good. Iowa State zero and five against the spread in the last five non-conference games.
0: That's not good. It's a rivalry, mate. Throw out, throw out. Zero the and records. four
1: against the spread in their last four home games. That's this this Matty Campbell effect has kind of got a bit of shine happening there that it's that's not happening there. They're also 0-4 and four against the spread in their last four games following and against the spread loss. So all of the numbers there are showing me that Iowa State are still probably getting pumped up a little bit more than I think they actually deserve. And Iowa are a better football team. I'll take that all day. Three
0: units on Iowa. Okay, since you've said that, I'm definitely taking the clones outright. <laughs> Okay. I mean, it's a one-point line, so... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Here we go. Next one. Now, not normally known for betting on this either. So, really throwing things up from previous years. But, you know, where did that lead me? We might be throwing up this weekend as well. Oklahoma State. Wow. Playing against Tulsa. Really like the matchup this week. So, only 14 points. And Oklahoma State love to put up points. Yes, they'll concede some, but they can score and can score quickly. So they are 4-1 against the spread in their last five games in September, which is pretty impressive. They also have a really, really uh, impressive start, 20-8 and eight against the spread in the last 28 non-conference games. So they beat up on teams out of conference more often than not. Because you're playing FCS teams all the time. It's against the spread. They have these big numbers and they go over it. They continually go over it. The Golden Hurricanes, on the other hand, 3-10 and ten against the spread in their last 13 against the Big 12. So people think, oh, yeah, they're a good FCS team. They'll go all right against Big 12. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> that does not happen. So on the back of that, I am going to back in my boys. Uh, Oklahoma State, minus 14, three units mm. there. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. Last one. We are taking a underdog traveling mm. on the road. Oh, danger. So Northern Illinois have to travel to Lincoln, Nebraska. Wow. Take on the Cornhuskers.
0: Didn't see this coming.
1: No. So they are uh, receiving 14 points, two touchdowns. I really like the Huskies in this matchup. So they are a team that are decent.
0: <laughs> Good analysis there, Will. Ha-
1: have, have a really strong history as, as a winning program they are 16 and 5 against the spread in their last 21 games against the Big 10. That's a really good number against the Big 10. 5 and 2 in their last 7 on field turf, which is really good. And check this out, 34 and 15 and 2 in their last 51 road games. So they win against the spread twice as much on the road than they don't. That's that's solid. Nebraska on the other hand, 3-12 and 12 against the spread in their last 15 home games. I know they were bad last year, but that's massive. 0-6 and six against the spread in their last six non-conference games. And 0-5 and against the spread in their last five September games. Nebraska are not good on the punt. Well, there you go. You can make some money on this. So, yeah, I'm, I mean,
0: I'm, I'm taking Northern Illinois there. I don't actually hate that as a call. I mean... Northern Illinois' strength is passing the football down the field and that is the weakness of Nebraska, which always puts you in a good position. I don't think Northern Illinois will score enough points. Uh, but, hey, why not have a crack at it?
1: So there you go. We have Iowa minus two or wherever you can get I think it's minus one now. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, two touchdown favorites, so we'll take that, minus 14. And then Northern Illinois plus 14.
0: And multi all those And then together. multi all
1: together for a unit, and we'll all be happy come next week.
0: Okay, so if you want to make some actual money, do the exact opposite, which is what we know about Will on the Punt. But thank you for making some more of our mates bankrupt. Okay, that brings us to the end of our week three preview show. Gee, the weeks are just flying by here. Please do hit us up uh, on Instagram or on Twitter at Under. Please do get in touch. Tell all your friends about us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on your podcast operating application. And on behalf of that, go over there. That is Will Muirden. Enjoy your weekend. I know you will, Will. Whether you remember it or not is something different. Uh, Enjoy that weekend. The weather is turning here down in Australia. My name is Aaron That fella over there is Will, and we will see you next time.